to Wednesday night, Kingdom 101, School of Prophetic and Supernatural Ministry. And I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee, and we're going to have a great time within the next uh, hour and a half as we explore different things about the kingdom. We're going to talk about kingdom life, and I'm going to take questions even before I get started. Uh, and then we'll move from there. So I know that uh, I have at least one question, and there should be at least three more. My co-host is not sitting next to me today. She's out in the audience, therefore I know there are questions. <laughs> <laughs> so take it away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, Pastor Lanzine, um, for those of us that received our uh, one-page written description of the writing assignment that is to be our, our little book. Um, I think that the first thing I needed to know is do we have a date certain that it should be submitted? Okay. Any other questions you can have on that? Um, that's what you want to know too? Okay. Well then let's, I'll pray for you. And then we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we'll talk about it. And I wanted to get right to that question even before we rolled into the rest of it. But for those of you that are joining us on Periscope or any other form of social media or technology, we are actually live here at 1914 Trades on Boulevard in San Jose, California. If you want to write us a letter, the zip code is 95131. Our number, our business number is 408-945-4439. And our web address is www.astoundinglove.org. We'll talk about that a little bit more a little later. But we got the question over the top. Now we've done the this part of the introduction. Let's pray. And like I said before, we're going to have a lot of fun. Lord, I thank you tonight. There have been some amazing things that have shifted for this ministry in the past few days. And we thank you for your trust in us. You have trust in yourself that you know that through us, as willing vessels, you'll, you'll get the job done. And we're excited about the reality that, first of all, that God is real. And that you are all powerful. And that all the lies that we've ever heard about you are just that lies. Because you are truly, truly amazing. Yes. I thank you for the people that join us tonight. I thank you for the entrance of your word bringing light. I thank you for your Holy Spirit because you are the spirit of truth. We thank you for Jesus, for your blood, Lord, for your name, for you being the living word and we being your body here in this earth. Thank you for the empowerments and the different things that uh, you're doing within this nation, even the exposés those that uh, walk in a self-righteousness who will find themselves humbled by your love. We pray for the people of our country today. We pray for our president. We pray for his cabinet. I pray for the Speaker of the House. We pray for those that are in positions of authority, that your authority reigns, that the bickering and the evil speak ends, and that this country receives the healing and the wholeness that you desire for us. Oh, Father, we thank you that your spirit of truth permeates the atmosphere, 
there so that those that have walked in demonic uh, agendas all over this country, that we are coming into an understanding that the words that we empower darkness to use, that we also have the power to shine the light and change the atmosphere. And this is what we do. Oh, I thank you for the hearers. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're not gonna talk politics necessarily. We talk the kingdom of God, and that is the most triumphant governing government in existence, is the power of the kingdom. But I'm gonna answer this question, the first question. Is there an actual set date for the book, yes, it is. I actually, I believe, originally said it would be sometime around October. And uh, if I didn't say that, I am saying that. And if I said anything other than that, I'm correcting it. Because, yeah, I, I said October originally. And really what I'm looking at, because we're going to, we're making the shift. I'm actually doing it in Biblical Solutions for Life now. So we're shifting into kingdom life, and then we're going to, in fact, I'm going to answer some questions from Sunday, even tonight. And so as we're doing that, we're moving into the supernatural uh, aspect of our, our lives. So this is, kingdom life is a transition into supernatural, what we call supernatural one-on-one, which coincidentally is the name of another book I'm writing. But um, it's kind of fun because you teach the, the the principles, you teach the outlines, and, and you go from there. So the assignment of the book, um, a real set date, I'll give you about two weeks notice before then, because I have to read them. And so I have to clear a place of my schedule, because I used to be notorious for assigning stuff, and you know, I didn't really want to read it. So <laughs> I didn't. I was reading a whole lot of other stuff back then, and it was like, I have only so much time, and I preferred to read what I was reading. So I'm not that person anymore. She's gone. But what I want to do is be able to read them quickly and give you the feedback so that we can make something really great out of these, because I think that they can be published. I think that they're things that we can publish in-house. And you, nobody has to have the same book. It's the same assignment, but different, different perspectives. So, how has this course, these are some of the questions I think people are answering in this. Uh, let me reiterate, it will be, it's due in October, most likely towards the end of the month or the early part of November, okay? So I will give you two weeks notice beforehand, meaning I'll come in and say, okay, two weeks from tonight, let's have the books turned in. And that gives you the time because you're spending all this time now writing things. And if there's a few things that I still want to release to you, people are going, well, they're trying to write their book. It's like, you don't have all the pieces yet. So whatever you've got, this is good. It's, you've got your great start, but I don't, I'm not going to read them because uh, it's not the book I'm asking for. All right, so you, you get to do the, the wonderful thing all authors know, rewrite, and again and again, edit. Um, how has this course helped you as part of it? What do you know about the kingdom of God? That's, that's a highlighted uh, question right there. How has this course helped you? Is not really relevant to your book, but it's relevant to your ability to write your book. I don't want you to tell me, oh, this course helped me so much by teaching me this or teaching me that. That's not necessary. 
But when you are yourself writing, you're thinking, you know what's really worked for me, this course is this. And because this specific thing has helped me, I'm going to use that insight to help somebody else. So you're not answering the question for me. You're using your answer to the question for your writing. Are you with me? Yeah, it's not that. Otherwise, it's, we call it an essay, and you would simply write it in class, and then we'd, we'd go home like we did in high school and college. What do you say about the kingdom? Now, again, this is you. This is your book. But you're actually going to look at yourself and go, what do you actually, what do I say about the kingdom versus what I hear others say? And this is where we start to catch ourselves. This is the question that I'm constantly checking myself out on. What are you saying about the kingdom? When you talk too much about <coughs> what misery, uh, doom, despair, and agony, or some of that kind of stuff, if you're talking more about that, you're not. Ta you're talking about which kingdom is my question to me. Because I, I, I said here the kingdom of God. So if I'm talking about doom, if I'm talking about sickness, if I'm talking about all of the demonic things, I'm not talking about the kingdom of God. And because I'm not talking about the kingdom of God, I'm not thinking about the kingdom of God. Or maybe because I'm not thinking about the kingdom of God, I'm not talking about the kingdom of God. Because it kind of flips back and forth. And so those are the things that you want to look about. What do you what do you know and what do you say? It's amazing, don't you think? How many people you try to tell something to because you've been listening to them for 30 minutes, drone on and on about misery. And so you start to speak the word and they, oh I know, I know, I know. It's like, you know, why don't you take your hand and slap yourself? Because <laughs> you don't know. If I record you and then we play this back, which I think is a good idea sometimes. When somebody's going on and on, record them. And then just when they say it's inadmissible in court, which you can use it face to face, you know, it's like, um, um, hey, you know, you said that, you know, yeah, I know that. Well, then why are you saying this? You know, some people are going to completely switch the set. You recorded me? Yes, I did. I have an iPhone. I have a. I have an Android. Of course I recorded you. We all do. I just didn't sit there and hold it up towards you like that, you know. Um, but worse than that for you, you'd be recorded in heaven too. Or the demons are recording you and they're using it against you. And that will either get you more friends or you'll be sitting at the table at Starbucks all by yourself. Or Pete's or wherever you happen to go. Okay. How are you walking the kingdom lifestyle? Because when we talk about the kingdom lifestyle, how are we emulating that is really what it is. You can change some of those words or look those words up in the dictionary. She said, I said walking. Am I also asking how are you emulating? How are you demonstrating? How is the kingdom seeing you? Is it seeing you? Um, that reminds me, I'm gonna repeat this comment at another time in another setting, I'm sure. But I remember having a phone call it was our team prayer call. I, maybe you remember this. And I said, you know, I was talking to a, a male friend of mine, and he was talking about some woman that, you know, his future wife and all this kind of thing. And I said, you know, it's interesting, but you probably want to ask her friend or her friends for a reference. 
because one of her friends would not recommend her. And so the question then was really, would you recommend, do you think we would recommend you? Oh, would you recommend me? <laughs> because your girls, as we say, your girlfriends, they, your, your pals, your buds, they know you. They know how often you lie. They know how <laughs> or tell the truth. I'll be there on Friday. And they, they don't expect you because you're not coming. I have a friend who, if you're watching this, yes, I'm talking about you, but I won't mention your name. I'll see you on Friday. And then you call later to say, well, I'm not going to come until tomorrow. <laughs> what problem is is that your word's no good in that instant because we don't believe you. Okay. I hadn't meant to bring her up, but that was a great example. And there it was. I could have said, I'm glad we pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Me. I used to borrow stuff from people. They never got it back. It's like, you know, when it comes to my house, it's 99% mine. <laughs> you can look at it. My brother used to do that. In fact, to this day, one of my books from Bible college, I have never seen again. I saw it on his bookshelf. And as soon as I pointed out, that's my book. I went back to get it like 20 hours later, I thought, you know what, I'm going to get my book. That book was gone. Oh. He took it off the shelf. He's like, she would not be getting this. Okay. He wasn't even reading it, but there it was. Because somehow you start thinking, well, that see, you got that kingdom principle down. That's covenant. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. And when it comes in here, baby, I got possession of it. But sometimes it's not so. Uh, and so if that's what you're known for, Will your friends recall those anecdotes? If, he, if somebody were interviewing, say, tell me a story about him or her. You know, what, what, what kind of things that display their character? What stories would they tell about you? Well, how are you walking the kingdom lifestyle? What are your, what are the stories about you walking in the kingdom that we would tell, that somebody could do an investigation of you and we would be witnesses on your behalf? See how you kind of then start to relate the courts of heaven into the conversation as well. Because this is real. You remember me asking that question that night? And it really caused me to, to think about it. And I'm going to, if I ever do marriage counseling for anyone, that, that is one of the things that I want to know. What do you know about them based on their friends? I mean, their, your friends yourself themselves are going to be a part of your report card. This is who you hang out with? Wow. i got to rethink this. Oh, no, I don't hang out with the bad part of them, uh, only the good part. You see in the negative, but that's not the person that I hang out with. I hang out with the positive side. It is funny, it's just like sad but true, sad but true. You know, it's like, I don't want it to be true. So if I know, and I, I want to know these things, because when somebody says that this is what you're like, then it's like, and that's something that I want to keep? No, I don't want to keep anything that, that rings true of, or, or gives credence to the demonic instead of to the kingdom of God. And so how are you walking the kingdom lifestyle? Ask someone. How, where do you see the kingdom in me? And if they're looking at you like this. <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> well, 
we may have to ask the question differently. Do you see the kingdom in me at all? No. All right. I got my starting point. Because if any time somebody says, well, that's not a good answer. It's, it's not going to be, it, it's not going to lead us to something. I'm making it kind of humorous. Have some fun with this. We're in that transition where more and more of the kingdom is being seen. So, yes, there are going to be big learning curves. That's okay. It's not a, I, I wrote the book, okay? I wrote this book. And if, if you read the book, you'll see that I tell you I'm not the poster child for walking in the kingdom. I was a poster child for being a stupid heathen, okay? Clueless heathen. Let's be nice about it. Um, and things of that sort. So it's, I, you know, I have no rocks, no pebbles, no sand, nothing to throw at anyone. I simply like to point out, let's go ahead and discover our places of hypocrisy. We're talking the talk, but if we're not walking it, then we're not in it, the way that we, we say. And we want that baboons behind to be exposed. Well, we don't like to look at them, but we want to know that that's actually what people are seeing so that the corrections can be made. Correct? Everybody says, yeah, that's what I'm good Okay. And then here's another question five. So do you have the kingdom mindset? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. In what way? Because I want to know. You know me. I don't just ask a question on top on the surface and just leave it at that because I want to break it down. Okay. And you notice I skipped your answer to be yes. If you, if you have this uh, form here, and I think there's one more in the back there. Um, then you know I'm asking, if you have a mindset, where do you still stumble, balk, or question? Where are you still caught? And you're not performing at that level. You know, where, are you, where do you need work? Because that's what Biblical Solutions for Life is. That's what these conversations are that we have. It is not to uh, assassinate a character. It isn't, it isn't to find fault with you. It is to help each of us, all of us, to see the areas where repentance is needed, where a change of thinking is required. I, I really do think about it. This week, my um, personal focus is about inconsistencies. And man, that was like, like a sock drawer. I have a lot of socks, and almost every single pair is the same color. And I can guarantee you, I probably only wear about six pairs over and over again. And the rest of them just sit there in, in the door. But when I tell somebody, oh, I'll give you some of my socks, I notice that um, there's a certain set of them I never get. It's like, what are you holding on to those for? Oh, special occasions. I actually don't have any special occasions that would require socks. <laughs> so, yes, that means I'll be cleaning out my sock drawer some more. Okay. <laughs> Where do you still stumble, balk, or question? Where do you go, oh, I'm doing really well with this kingdom. And then, wait a minute, God, are you saying, does that mean that I have to, well, I, that just doesn't make any, do you know what my family, do you see what I mean? Those are stumbles and balking. A balk is a, uh, if I recall my baseball properly, it was the beginning of a pitch that they, that they didn't do. I think that's right. Not somebody can correct me, okay? But it was where you started to do something, but you stopped. You didn't follow through on it. And so those are the type of things that we're looking at. Where are you still questioning whether or not the kingdom is applicable? Where are you questioning why would I have to change what I'm thinking? What's wrong with how I think? 
you know what there's wrong, what's wrong with how you think because you're either thinking like God or you're not. And so that's the kind of thing that, that we're looking at. And then number six, do others see the kingdom at work in and through you? How is all this reflected in the book? Because your book is like a diary. It's like a journal. You're writing something in the same spirit of the way I wrote Kingdom 101. You are telling your story. You're just not doing it in 300 pages. You're going to do considerably less than that, please. Okay. And I, I would say limit it to about uh, 50. Um, 10, 10 is your minimum. Uh, 50 is your maximum. If you go longer than that, that's great. We'll go into edits and stuff, and you know you have something that you want to publish. Okay? But for for this class requirement, I don't require 50 pages. I'm asking you to, to maximize it at that. And, and I'm asking you to give a minimum of 10. You need at least 10 pages. But this is your conversation about the kingdom. Without being interrupted, without being uh, corrected in that way. And so we are going to edit them and, and things like that. So do others see the kingdom at work in and through you? I listen to people talk sometimes. And they'll tell me, oh, yes, um, thank you, Frederick. So I was correct on Bach. Um, I listen to people tell me about how they move in the things of God. And it's always interesting. And I've been this person. When nobody sees it but me, I'm the only one that sees that I'm doing all these things for God. And then you talk to somebody, and they're telling you all the things you're doing for the devil. And it's like, but don't you see my 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 cape? Don't you see my good behavior? No. Why? Sometimes because it's more going on in our mind than it is outward. You have to laugh at this stuff. We have to laugh at this. We're going to make it. If we're determined to do it, we're going to make it because God's more yeah. determined than we are. You're here. I, I don't think you'd come to a place such as this if you didn't want this. We have, uh, you know, uh, shared a few things uh, about what uh, transpired when we accepted um, the appointment. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, we accepted the appointment for the state of California. And things have shifted. Um, things have really shifted uh, for us, even just within a few days. I, I will probably talk about it on Sunday. But um, let me see if I can find it. I was going to read you possibly part of this letter if I could find it. Um, things have, here it is. Okay. He said, it's wonderful to have you on board. And this is what it says. I hereby appoint you as state co-coordinators for the state of California for GPAC to represent or represent and steward Apostle Robert Henderson's ministry under his leadership and apostolic covering and authority. So we are... Um, appointed as state co-coordinators state co uh, for the state of California for the global um, prayer empowerment, which is what G, uh, okay, GP, um, the global prayer encounterment center. 
uh, Prayer Empowerment Center is what GPEC is. And um, so we are, that means there's a certain authority pertaining to the courts of heaven. And I can just say this much, I shared my story, Diana, with Lorena today, and she got it in one. I actually had an encounter, which I'll share later, with the angel of the state of California. And it was awesome. My daughter said, yeah, because you've been asking, but you didn't have the authority until now. That shifted. So the things you and I were talking about, okay, that we'll talk about again, um, we'll talk here in the forum as well. But I actually had that encounter, and it's very different from anything. And the funny thing, like I told Diana, was <coughs> at one point in my prayer time, I'm looking, and the angel turned and looked at me, and I'm like, why is he looking at me? You know, so I would see. Uh, you know, you, any of you, all of you here have had an encounter of some type, you know, your mind is still working. <laughs> Even while you're experiencing this big, awesome spiritual thing, your mind is going, do I have like things between my teeth? Or, you know, I mean, there's still stuff going on in, in your head. Um, but this was just something I, I, as I told Diana and I told Irena and Dr. Baker, I couldn't speak English for about 15 minutes or so. Uh, while wow, after all this transpired, just because I was like, and I think Holy Spirit is, is, he knew that I was trying to ask him stuff, but he's very patient, like, you know, if you get back over, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a single English word. It was like, okay, this is, this is very, what was that all about, you know? So this is real. These things are real in the spirit. That means that the metron of this ministry, do you understand? It's the whole state. So why did I say all that? Because these questions, do others see the kingdom at work in and through you? It has to be seen. The more that we receive spiritual authority, the expansion, this is expansion, elevation, and grace for execution. That means that we must, therefore, make the changes in our thinking and bring ourselves in alignment with what's being taught according to the word of God according to what he says about his kingdom. Our thoughts have to align with his thoughts. His thoughts never have to align with ours. He gave us the mind for it. You understand? If we don't have the kingdom mind, the chances are very, very strong that we're not exhibiting true kingdom authority because there's only one mind that has that, and that is the mind of Christ. Okay, did Adam have the mind of Christ? He must have had something that was tuned toward God, but maybe not, because he, because he did not fulfill the appointment Jesus did. So, um, do you see? Temptation was there. Jesus had to face temptation just like Adam did, but Jesus used a different way of thinking. Jesus thought according to the kingdom, and that's the power to overcome. We have to view, I've said this many times, and I surely will uh, continue to say it, we have to approach anything that we deal with from a spirit realm, in the spirit realm, from the position of victory. We cannot look at it as something we're trying to do. We cannot look at it as something that we're struggling with. We cannot look at things according to uh, the earth-based, earth-cursed uh, scenario of, well, you know, this is what the, 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 the doctor, the landlord, the employer, the, this one, the person, this is what they said, and this is what's going on, and this is what's going on. You don't build a lot of faith 
when you were talking from the perspective of fear or evil reward. That's not the kingdom approach, is what I'm saying. And so, where do you still stumble? Balker question. Now it comes back to that again. Where do you still, uh, and typically for most of us, it's going to be in the area of one, uh, one of the top three areas, I think, are physical wellness or health, whatever, finance, and relationships. Family, spouse, what, I, I, I don't know why we say family and spouse, and so your spouse is not your family. But your spouse, if you have one, or that romantic relationship, mama and them, your kids, <laughs> all the rest of the folks, okay? Your Facebook people, just shut them down and, and go on. Where are you stumbling? Where are you starting out, running a good race, Galatians 3.3? You were running a good race. Who has bewitched you and caught you? You know, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? Are you really going to uh, regress back to the me-headed thinking and expect a kingdom result? Because that's maybe one of the answers to how them can you get. I, I, the thing about humanity is we can answer that question over and over again. Different ways, okay? So do others see the kingdom at work in and through you? How do you know? How do you know? Now, here's an interesting thing, because I think our tendency would be to say, because people are constantly coming to me for answers. Yes, they are, but are they coming to you for answers to the same question? Because if they are, there's a disconnect. Okay. Really, the way that others, how do you know? You'll know when you break through and people other than the ones that you're used to. You'll know because the kingdom manifests everywhere you go. In other words, it's not really people that are going to tell you. It's the Spirit of the Lord. And it's the things of the Spirit that start to manifest, the power that we increase in, the authority. Those are the answers. That's when you know because the kingdom will flow out of us to such a degree, it is not hidden. It can be seen. Okay. What is your kingdom citizenship status? Well, this is an easy one. I'm in. Okay. But status, you know, you can be, a, we're American citizens, and, and a lot of us can't tell you where to find the Constitution or a really easy question what's the address uh, of the White House? Washington, D.C.? Yeah, what about the street? Oh, it's on the street? Okay, <laughs> so, you know, um, things of this sort. Okay, Declaration of Independence, this, that, and the other, His American history. And it's important to know these things. There are people from other countries that study us and know more about us than we do about ourselves. Okay, that said, as an American citizen, what about your kingdom citizenship status? What do you know about your rights and privileges as a kingdom citizen? Yeah. And the reason that that's a very valid question for all of us is because if you actually, or once we really genuinely know, then wouldn't we behave as such? I've shared the story about a man that I worked with years ago who, uh, his family origins are from Mexico, but he was born in El Paso, Texas. And he uh, liked to go out to the bar to drink because his wife didn't want him to have it at home. 
So he would go and sit in the bar and there'd be legals and illegals. And so he'd sit there at the table and somebody from immigration or the police department or somebody would come. And there were a lot of guys that started to exit out the back. They had a slip way that they could just, you know, quickly vamoose, disappear, go. And he'd just sit there at the, at the bar with his, whatever his beverage of choice was. And he said that, you know, they would come to him and ask him for his, to show his papers. He says, I don't have any papers. And they said, well, you need to show me something. He said, I don't have to show you anything. I am a United States citizen. I, you have no cause to ask me anything. He was right. He was right. He knew this because he's a citizen. You don't treat me this way. Paul in the Bible tells us when they were, after he'd been beaten and he was talking to the, the, the soldier and, and the guy is saying, yes, but, uh, you know, um, Paul said something about being a Roman citizen. And the guy said, yeah, I, I bought my citizenship papers too. Paul said, no, I was born a citizen. And that guy started backpedaling differently because it's like, you were born a citizen. You have certain rights and privileges. And the way we treated you is not the way that is permissible or, or lawful, if you will, to treat a actual citizen. And he was really very nervous about that. Does anybody remember that? Okay, we'll look at the scripture. Um, because those are the type of things that we're talking about. Here you are, or here I am, or here whoever is, uh, to... Um, Here we are letting sickness and disease tell us that your body is subject to this, that you have to, um, that you, that you have to do these certain things, that you have to, um, you have to succumb to this. You have to, you have to get the flu every year. Um, <laughs> You have to, okay. Um, hold on, let me find what I'm looking for. Because I say so. Because I'm sickness. Because I'm disease. Because I, I'm, I'm a malady. I'm, I'm a this. I'm a that. And the other, and I'm, 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 I'm here and I'm working in the earth. So, uh, you know, you have to succumb to that. Well, if you don't know your rights, then you may say, well, you know, I have to get the flu. Um, I'm getting older. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. It's Acts 22, I think, is what I want. Um, let's see if that's what I want. If not, Fred, Frederick, if you can find that. But it, it, the scripture is basically, he said, I was born a Roman. That's what, what I'm looking for. Um, because this is what ties in. Now, um, This is what I, I think really ties in. Here we are, and we are born from above. And we have been born once again into the kingdom. Yes. Okay, Acts 22, 28. Thank you. That was in verse 8. Okay, so Acts 22, 28, when he says, the chief captain answered with a great sum, um, I obtained this freedom. And Paul said, but I was freeborn. Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. 
Well, that sounds to me like submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Paul exerted his citizenship and they were afraid. And they backed away from him. This man that I, I was referring to, he's sitting in a bar in, Mex in uh, Texas. And he tells them, I'm a citizen. You need to leave me alone. <laughs> because you're violating my rights. You understand? You tell sickness, you tell disease, we tell poverty, we tell lack, we tell these things. No, I'm a citizen of the kingdom. You don't have authority over me. It's written in the word of God. Romans, the book of Romans, Paul, the said, um, no, I'm no longer a debtor to the flesh. I am no longer in debt to these things. I don't owe sin anything because I have been, because grace is now the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I am not subject to these things. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's the thinking of the kingdom that we're talking about when it says, do others see the kingdom at work in and through you? It's exerting that without trying to get all um, dramatic, overly dramatic about it or something like that. It's the quiet force assurance that this is who I am. This is what my father has said. This is what Jesus says. And so this is the way it is. It's making that demand on faith. But it, it, it's making the demand by faith, and it's expecting it to happen. This is faith in action. I expect for uh, principalities and powers to flee. I expect the words that I'm speaking, that I speak according to what is written. I expect this to happen. I'm not questioning, Lord, if it be your will. If it wasn't his will, then he wouldn't have said it. That's not arrogant. That's assurance in who we are and who our father is. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's the answer to how do you know? And when you start looking at that, you're going on your own journey. What is your so that's your kingdom ship, uh, kingdom citizenship status? What is your kingdom message? Now that's going to be a lot of fun for you because that's looking at what your particular calling is or appointment or marketplace ministry or uh, the types of people that you minister to. For a lot of us, we scatter ourselves all over. That's why we're not effective. See, there are things that I have to do uh, that do. I, I require certain things in my life, things that I do in, in ministry, things that I do all over the place um, that kind of come under the heading of what I, who I am and what I do. But there are certain other things that I do that are specifically designed to promote me, to, to propel me forward. That if I don't pay, give that attention, uh, then everything else just kind of, everything is dormant. This is, uh, the world likes to use that expression. You are um, uh, captain of many, I think it is, or master of none, something like that. Um, at any rate, you're, you got a lot of things that you do, but you don't master anything. Paul talks about having the mastery over something. Well, until we master ourselves, we actually do not excel um, in the other things. It's not um, motivation, or I read this recently, something like motivation, uh, some, having some outward motivation does not promote your success. It is inward decisions. It's a development of character. Jack of all trades, master of none. Thank you, Frederick. It's a development of character that is based upon the kingdom that is 
what we are at work with here in this ministry right now. That's the thing that we're starting to see. It is the development of character, of consistency, of no matter what happens, I won't get off this work. That makes a bigger leap than just thinking, oh, I've got great faith for everything. You probably don't. You do, but you don't. I'm going to put it that way. We do have the faith because it's been put in us. But maybe not demonstrating it, activating it, giving it muscle, strengthening it, strengthening it, or any of those types of things. Okay. So your kingdom message, you're going to look at that. We'll get into that some more over the next couple of weeks, and that will help you to start really developing uh, your answers for that part or how you're going to write it. Because you're not going, well, I mean, somebody might decide, chapter one, how has this course helped me? <laughs> you might decide to write it that way. At least then we know you've got at least 10 chapters, okay? Um, it's up to you. I, I, I'm not ruling on that, okay? Because we can always make it better. You've got to start with something. We can improve it, but if you give me nothing, we got nothing, right? So, oh, but I'm not a very good writer. And that would be the kingdom mind at work in you? See, that's a really good place to start. Well, I don't know how to do this. And that's the kingdom, right? Well, no, you don't understand. I don't spell well, okay? And you don't have a dictionary. Uh, you have Google or what, any of those things. How do you spell <coughs> such and such? I do it all the time. And I'm genius at spelling, but I'm smart enough not to tell. Some words, if you write them, they don't look right. Uh -huh. Haven't you ever had that? It's like, yeah. yeah. Is this you know, you look it up in the dictionary, it's like, are you sure? So, there's always somebody that can help you. His name is Holy Spirit. What area of society now, see, 8, 9, and 10 is a totally big shift. What is your kingdom message? What area of society are you focused on changing? And how will you make your impact? That's going to be your big hit. That's the whole crux of everything. If you focus on these other things and then get to this part, and this is really where it is. Because, see, this is where, write this word down. Diana, you can have this. I don't need it anymore. I've got them. You got yours? Write this word down. Passion. The Bible tells us, okay, and this, this is always a... Um, a fabulous thing. It says in Acts 1 3, uh, talking about Jesus, it says that until the day in which he was taken, oh, I'll read verse 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began, began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also, it says, he showed himself alive. After his passion or his suffering through many convincing proofs or uh, the things that he went through, but he showed himself alive after his passion, which is also defined as, um, yeah, they do say suffering, but it's the things, his experience, everything. You know, it's kind of funny, isn't it? This man was crucified, buried, fought a spiritual war, took the victory, did the legal thing. And then showed himself alive 
And they took everything that was the cross and everything that he went through, the agony in Gethsemane and all the betrayal of his friends, the shedding of his blood, the beating of his body, and they called it his passion. <laughs> what is your passion? What is the thing of the kingdom that you will do even as sweating out your life's blood? Who what, when, where, what is it that you say, I sell? This is how you know that you are really in the kingdom. Whatever it takes, no matter what anybody says, I must do this. I must do this. I cannot uh, not do this. Do you understand? That's the passion. A lot of stuff we do is task, or we do it because we can or we do it because we like it. But this is what you were born to do. Okay. Got it? Yes. Okay. So that's uh, uh, what it is. So on the other side, they said, write a 10-page study guide. So I said 10, but you can go to 50. No more. Or a booklet on the kingdom and write it from the perspective of a tour guide. Any good tour guide tells you their stories. They intersperse it with biblical things. Um, an overview of the kingdom, how to find it, what it's all about, a snapshot of kingdom benefits, and an invitation into the kingdom. This is your story. Okay, any questions? I love that I wrote your welcome. <laughs> Everybody, I'm going to answer a question. Do we have to do it? I don't know. I don't know. Because I tell you what, to write it is to commit. It's to commit. But don't use excuses not to do it. If you're not going to do it, you're not going to do it. That's all I want. I don't want the story. I don't care. Because, see, that's not my personal decision. That's your personal decision. But there's going to come a day that all of those questions are going to have to be answered. This is the time and season that so, questions? Well, we move on to another topic. Come on, guys. I know you got them. Otherwise, I'll just call your name and say, come on, what's your question? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people like to catch you, you know, oh, I wanted to ask you this. I meant to ask. No, you didn't mean to ask. If you meant to ask, and do it. You know, go for it. Because if you try to talk to me afterwards, it's like, uh, I've got nothing for you. So everybody's really clear. So if I ask you questions about this, you know everything there is to know. <laughs> I'm not sure how to say this, but the place that I live in, I can't even get to the subject of the kingdom of God. Usually when I say God or Jesus, their son, or they turn to someone else to speak. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how I get to that point. I meet people on the street, but they have no time to talk. Mm -hmm. So we just greet each other and give them a blessed day and, and all of that. But to actually sit down and talk to someone about the kingdom of God has not occurred. 
yet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Number one, do you have a willingness to do it? Huh? Do you have a willingness? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you go out looking for the opportunity? I go out and I take out if there's someone that I'm to meet, I would love to sit down and talk. Okay. And um, so then trust him on that one. Okay. And keep getting ready. And here's, here's the other thing. See, the, the willingness to go okay. is part of the passing of the test. Okay. And the other thing is this. Pray. I, I, what I mean is, I, okay, I'm going to pray for this one. And I, I, some people, they do treasure. They'll go out on um, evangelistic tours, and they'll do a treasure hunt. They're asking the Spirit of God, show me the one. You know, show us something about the person before we go so that we can operate in word of knowledge or what have you. And then, um, you know, tell us what it is that you want to say and so that we can, um, we can, we can do that. So what I'm going to say to you, first of all, is, uh, hold on, here's what I'm looking for. Change your approach. Okay. You're, um, Isaiah 50, verse 4, he says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to the one that is weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as the learned. And I really, really love that scripture because what it tells me is that I will listen and he'll give me a word. He'll even show me a face. And it doesn't even some of the people that don't want to hear, they don't want to hear the general topic, but they always want to hear about themselves. And so the day that the Lord gives you just a simple word, something that you say that triggers something in their lives, your work is done. If he gives you nothing else, there's nothing else to say. Well, we're thinking that we're going to pour buckets and buckets of information into a person's life when all they need is a word. So relax. It's like you were saying, do it come to you with the same question? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you change your, you, you don't change your answer if your answer is pointing right. towards the kingdom. Right. And, but I would ask a question. It's like, why are you asking me when you know what I'm, what do you think I'm going to say? Yeah. Okay, well, you're going to say this. Do you want to hear what I have to say? Because I feel that even though the kingdom is for everyone, that if you don't want, if you want to simply trample it, there's no point in us having this discussion now. I'm going to go ahead and go back and pray for you some more because I'm not going to just pass you off, okay? But I'm not going to force it down your throat. Uh, the people that I, where I go work out, trust me. That's an interesting ground. I've been there for a year, and, and today is the first time I actually, there was one person I've never, ever touched. Today is the first time I did. I preached that. But you're also trying to, you're judging the outcome. That's not your place. They ask me okay. for whatever, or they tell me that they're in pain mm -hmm. right then. And I just say, can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. And I do. Well, there you go. That's the kingdom. Okay. Okay. That's the kingdom. Okay. But what is not our job is to watch it, to see it, no. judge it, gauge it, filter it, determine it. And some of us talk too much. Yeah. Because okay. we're not sure. And we decide to bypass the part Holy Spirit said, that's all I had to say. Yeah. But we want to go on and on and on. You know, it's like, don't. Yeah. 
don't 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 you know they needed they needed a glass of water and you just cranked open the, the fire hydrant on the corner don't yeah, do that i will that and have fun with yet okay and you'll you're going to you will see more you will see more but what i'm going to say to you though is don't judge it by what you see because you're cultivating something Okay, and that does not, I mean, after a year to be able to, that somebody who had always kind of shied away from me, and today was the first day, because I touch everybody. I'm releasing love. That's all it was. Yeah. They don't want to hear, you know, they'll tell me they don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, but then I'll post stuff. I'm praying today. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I just started doing that. Yeah. First, I had to, I built an audience. Now I'm not that smart in my uh, in and of myself to say this is what my plan is, but I'm seeing it unfold. Now, when we see the plan unfold, we'll also see him. He'll show us the fruit of his doing. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Thank but good job. You you know what? I I applaud the fact that you're willing to put yourself in a position to be rejected. That's a very good thing. Yes. Because a lot of us, we're going, we're going to play it safe. Um, they don't ask me, I ain't saying nothing. It's like, well, you don't look like you'd know. <laughs> so why would they ask you? At this point in time, it seems like God, as soon as I said God, they just, this one man just came back at me. Mm -hmm. And so after he left the table, this other guy said, did he offend you? I said, not at all. He knows where I stand. Exactly. But it, you know what it gave you? It gave you insight into, okay, what's his wound? Yeah. What's his need? Yeah, I've been praying for There him. you go. See, that's it. Now, now take the scripture, Isaiah 50, and say, God, you said that you give me the tongue of the learned. You give me, this is Isaiah 50, verse 4. Okay. Lord, you said that you give me the tongue of the learned. You give me the tongue of the, dis the, the disciple, the disciplined one, the one that is taught, one that is accustomed to hearing from you. And so, and so that I would know how to speak a word in season for these souls that are hurting. I receive by faith the word in season. And when you get that word in season, speak that and shut up. As Dr. Baker would say, just shut it up. Because we are, we're like, oh, this is great. We could just keep talking. No, 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 no. Don't overwater the seed. Just plant the seed and go right away, right away. Okay. Making sense? Yeah. Thank you. I mean, okay. I'll speak to men and women. In according thing, over, over, overdoing it doesn't work, right? I mean, somebody that's it's like too, too much. Uh, stop. Stop. Just, I'm interested, and I'm interested in that the fact that you're interested. We're good for today. There'll come a day that you have that 24-hour or whatever, eight-hour conversation. You hang up. No, you hang up. Stupid stuff, I guess. But in the beginning, too much is really too much. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I had a question along this line, too, uh, and I forget if it were you, if it was you or Dr. Baker that talked about even in a room of non-believers, we can change the atmosphere. Yes, we can. And so can you talk a little bit about 
back? I mean, is it something you say? Is it just walking in? It's something I change with it for me. It's something that you change within yourself. Okay, let's say you come into a room full of relatives who like the heathen life and know where you stand. I, I can think of family things where, you know, you got the ones that are Bible thumpers and then you got the ones that are looking for the weed connection or whatever the illegal substance is and, and you know, never you walk in one part and it smells like flowers and perfume and the other part is like, whew, you can get a contact just from, you have to tell the children, no, we're not going over there, you know, and hug uncle so-and-so right at this time. And the interesting thing for me is in a lot of in these cases, these relatives are well over 70 in their 80s, and they're still reverting to certain behaviors. And it, it, it's, a, it, it's a mix. It, it's all the generations together on whichever side of the law they like to fall. So you can come in there, and there are people that are already hostile towards, you know, because much of the time from in the, those days, there was, it was funerals. There were people that had died, and, and so everybody's, you know, going through the, that whole thing. I would come in, and I am not a very well-known entity in, in certain aspects of my family uh, because I didn't grow up with them. But I show up for things because I love them. And the love is what carried me. So I would look around to see who needs. I had a cousin that, you know, he takes things of that sort. He would take them very much to heart. All he needed from me was a hug. We, really wouldn't even talk. And if we have certain conversations today, it wouldn't be very friendly because we are on opposing sides of things that we believe. But I love it. And when I go into an environment where people are mean or people are whatever, I don't think like they want me to think. Um, we were traveling and we were in a place where people of my uh, my particular skin tone, maybe they weren't used to seeing a lot of them. I don't know. Um, but I know that it was common. It, well, don't you notice the way that the people were looking at you? And my comment to that was no, because I'm not looking for it. I don't believe that you walk into a place um, afraid of the devil. There's somebody in this atmosphere that needs what's what. And when they play the, the music at the place where I go, and there's a lot of F words and stuff in some of the music that's played. Um, and one time, every once in a while, I'll say, would you just shut that down? I don't need to hear that. Or something. So, I need it. I need it. You know, somebody else will say that. And I say, well, Lord, I thank you that you change your needs. And then I'll start to laugh on the inside. My laughter starts to carry in the room. And next thing I know, the music cut off. There's a lot of stuff that I hear that I'm just like, ooh, I gotta pray for that one. I gotta pray for this person. That's a nasty song. I didn't know that kind of stuff was out there. You know, some of the music that's out there, I, I didn't know the stuff. And, and folks don't think anything of it. All of the, 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 the four letter, there is no sacred ground. But every once in a while, he'll be playing around with the radio and I'll hear things that are, that are praiseworthy. And when it gets really ugly, say, okay, angels, go do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. And those type of things, and I expect it to happen. Who's the maddest person in here? Okay, then we release this toward them. I release love. I release love. Whatever the wounds are, I just start interceding. Okay. <coughs> Without them knowing. Yeah. 
And when I look and they're glaring, that's fine. Because I don't back down from them. There's a human, there's a person in there. You know? I, I think the biggest problem that we have in those type of scenarios is we're thinking of ourselves. We're thinking about how it affects us. We're thinking about how could they be so rude. Uh, I could think, hey, I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor. How, how can you not respect you? Well, people don't give a rip about that. That's only in these circles. People <laughs> care about that. They're so, oh, yes, that's the reverend. No, I'm not. You know? They don't really care. I mean, everyone, I, my, my brother is hilarious because we'll be someplace and, and um, people get very foul mouth and he'll cuss them out saying, that's my sister. He'll cuss <laughs> You gonna respect my sister. You gonna respect my mama. You're gonna talk like, you know, it's like, okay, baby, thank you. I love you. Because they don't know what's in them. They don't know what's coming at home. It's normal for them because they've been abused and slapped around for a long time. And sometimes, you just don't go in. Listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to the Spirit of God. Jesus didn't go in everywhere. Sometimes he just sat on a rock and looked. He didn't always engage in the conversation. He'd watch. I think that we don't look to see. This is what the supernatural gifts, the gifts, giftings that we have, we don't use them. Holy Spirit, what should I be looking at? How do you want to change the atmosphere? You know, anything that I'm saying right now, it comes from what's within, who he is and what he wants to do. How do you want to change this? How do you want to pray for this? Do you, is there something that you want said? Lately, it's even going into a place and, and saying, okay, there's angels here. Is there anything you need done while I'm here? And most of all, Nobody's taking my picture and saying, this is the person that changed my life. I don't have a fan club. I'm not famous. I'm not trying to be, who was that person? You, do you understand what I'm saying? Some of us, we want, I want the credit for it. You're going to have to spell my name right. You know. And I should be interviewed. I, 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 you know, they should be asking me questions. We've got to not care. I have no reputation. No reputation. Whether you remember me or not is not the point. Whether the kingdom changed your life or not, that's the point. Okay? Does that help? Yes. Thank you. Any more questions? We've got about 20, 25 minutes left, so. I think I have one other thing I want to talk about. Any questions from Sunday? And if somebody asked me, can we have your slides? It's like, no, not yet. I'll get them to you at some point or some version of them, but not, not those, not right now. There's more to be done with those. So, okay, let me ask some questions here than myself. If somebody wants to ask me questions, I'll ask you questions. Let's see. What do I want to know? Diana, what 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 do I want to know? Come on. I told you I was gonna do it. Yeah, Keep my promises. Finish, my sentence. finish your sentence. She's gonna finish it. Frederick, you have any questions?
Okay. Or you, uh, Minister Al. I'm looking for this document here. I do have a question. Good. Come on. Is it on? Yeah. For the kingdom to be seen in us, what would be some of the things that people say or see or act around us so that we know that we are being effective? Okay. Um, we'll hold the mic, darling. I've got oh. questions. Okay. okay. If I'm understanding your question, for the kingdom to be seen within us, you said, what do people need to be seen? What would others be telling us or showing us or acting um, or how would they be acting around us or what would they be asking? I don't know if I said that, asking us. Or how will we know if they are being drawn to us? Okay, do you As know anybody I, that you see the kingdom at work in? Say that. Do you know anyone that you see the kingdom of God at work in? Yes, okay. and they're here. What are your questions for them when you're... To answer your question, let's, let's, let, I mean, answer your own question. Okay. How, okay, so, so, so question, and this is a real one, uh, and I'm going back years ago. With everything going on, how could you still be so calm? Mm -hmm. And that was, that was one of the first things that I noticed about Terry Roman, mm -hmm. and that's what drew me to her when, when I knew what was going on um, uh, with her son, Michael, going into the war. Mm -hmm. um, and her answer was? I never asked her. Oh, okay. I never asked her. I just noticed. She never said anything. I just noticed when the war was announced, or it, it, uh, and it came over the radio, and I know everybody kind of got a little frazzled by mm -hmm. it. And we all knew that Terry's son was going to be uh, one, one of the first ones deployed. And he was actually one of the first. And, um, and through it all, I saw how everybody was panicking, I guess is the word, and, and fearful and uncertain and scared and angry and just very defensive. And yet Terry never lost her step. And I hadn't obviously I hadn't come into the um, come into the ministry yet, but it, she never said a word. I saw it, and there was a piece about her that nobody else in the office had, and that was including myself. Mm -hmm. So she didn't. She never said anything to me. It was something that I saw. Okay. So, in in saying that, how would we know if we are being effective, and other people? are seeing in us what I saw in Terry. You know, it's an interesting thing because to me, I never know anything until somebody tells me. Because I, because we're not thinking on that loss. Even when I'm asking you the questions, how would you know that others know? Uh, um, how would you know uh, that others see the kingdom that work in and through you? That's question number six. How do you know? And remember, the answer to the question is because you see it, really is the answer. Because the kingdom manifests. You speak to sickness or disease, and it goes. Oh, okay. 
you tr you trust the word of God. It, it always, always points back to our Constitution, to this word right here. Terry had a promise. And she clung to that promise. You guys didn't see. But we got the opportunity many times to pray with her and to believe uh, the things. Because she fought to get to that place. See, now that was one area where she fought. Uh, when it came for her kids, she fought like she didn't fight for herself. Yeah. I, I want to add to that. Um, it was sometime later um, in the, well, the, the war. We were well into the war. And I did ask her, with all of this, how do you manage to stay so calm? And again, this was long before mm -hmm. I ever came here, and she says, Dr. Baker spoke into me, into my life, and she gave me a promise. Mm -hmm. And she said, he will re return. Mm -hmm. She did say that, mm -hmm. and that, and I did ask her that um, years later. Okay. Because when you have, and see, that's, I think, the, the clue for every single one of us to understand in terms of how we walk in the kingdom. We have promises. We have guarantees because the promise is only as good as what? The guarantor. The, the guarantor, the one that promised. Well, God is the one. His word is unfailing. But to make the leap, to grab hold of the promise and hold on and, and keep it, maybe sometimes we don't do that. We look at it and we think, oh, it's beautiful. I've got a promise. It's twinkling like diamonds. It's gorgeous. Are you going to touch it? Well, it's so pretty. But are you going to take it? Well, I don't want to, it's, I don't want to mar it with my hand to physically grab it. That's faith, right? I take it. And when I get it, I don't let nor do I now, once I've taken it, I don't hope for it anymore. Many times people will say that they have, this is where that I think that expression believing comes from. I said I took it by faith, but I'm hoping that it happens. Yeah. Then you don't have belief. You don't believe. And I'm going to talk about that so often that it, you'll just, you know, when you expel breath, it'll come out. <laughs> it will become so much a part of you. No, I believe. You will cut ourselves off. I, I can't understand again. I catch myself. This is not um, a superior thing. This is a learning thing. This is why iron sharpens iron. Is that really what you meant? What did I say? Do you know that many times you speak and you don't listen to your own words? about it. When people come back and tell you that, I didn't say that. Well, yeah, actually you did. <laughs> well, I never meant to, but you didn't hear it. Okay, I know I can talk fast, but now you're going to find out how slow I can talk. <laughs> so I, I believe that those are some of the questions. And then we ask Holy Spirit. That's, that's my go-to answer. How do they see the kingdom in me? Can it be seen? What do I, in times of, of, of 
great fighting do I resort to, I'm going to tell you off, or I'm going to punch you, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, because that's not the kingdom. Remember when they came after Jesus in the garden, and Malchus was there, and Peter took the sword and cut off his ear? That's not the kingdom of God. He's looking at him, or they can just throw bolts of lightning or something on him and get him that way. He says, you don't know what kingdom you're of. That's not how we do it. And Jesus, in the midst of getting ready to go get crucified, in fact, as far as I can tell, that's the last miracle that he did. Is healed the servant's ear. Because very shortly thereafter, his blood started to spill into the ground to answer all of the cries. But that's the last thing that I, unless there's something else, he reached out and touched that man's ear. And then he was taken captive. And to my, maybe it happened, we just don't know about it, that there were Roman soldiers or somebody that got healed of something. But the last things we, you know, say thumbs up was telling that thief on the cross, today you're going to be with me in paradise, which means we're going to a place that's not, it's a holding place, but I'm breaking free. You're going to be with me. That's pretty cool. You know, I'm with him. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going into a hellacious spot, I'm with him. Yeah. Going with the one that comes out swinging. Those gates did not close on him yeah. and keep him. Mm -hmm. That's an awesome thing. It's something else to look into, okay? But this is what he said. But he told Peter, no, no, no. I don't respond to this in fear. I, I see what's ahead. This man does not pay that price. This is how we start, you know, as we operate in the spirit of giftings that we have, there are a lot of things that we will stop doing and other things that we will begin to do. We'll stop reacting. You keep going, you can't cut me off guard. It's like, okay. So maybe I need to work on not being caught off guard. Maybe I need to work on that. You know, maybe I'll put that on the agenda for next week because right now I got one. <laughs> Every week I have something, a weak area, a, a place where it's like, God, I would not pass the test. This is a problem. This will hinder me. And, and so that, I, I didn't say hinder you. This will hinder me, but I can become a hindrance or a stumbling block to you by not contending with and taking down the things in me that are harmful to me. And if they're harmful to me, then they're going to hurt. I'm going to hurt other people. I will listen to how I talk to people. And sometimes I'll walk away and go, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the way I'm saying things. I don't like that sound of impatience with me. I don't like the fact that I walked away and immediately I've judged them. You know, okay. How do you know you judge them? You ever get approached, and let me use something real simple that most people can connect to. You meet up with someone that you don't want to meet. And they come with a, uh, I have a friend that likes to do, uh, he likes to be funny. It's not funny, but he is adorable. And so he likes to do all these little role-playing type of things and, and sound annoying. 
And you know within yourself, my gosh, if somebody really talked to me like that, I'd slap him. If he's like, this so what? I'd tell him off. Well, I'd have to work within myself to go, no, you, why would you be that dishonorable? Because that, that's just ignorance. I just can't stand it. That's just ignorance. Don't talk to me like that. Judgment. I'm not saying it's incorrect. <laughs> but what I harbor in my heart has staying power. So then you bring that little, you know, that face hiccups onto the screen, and all I've got to say is, you know, that's not acceptable. I'm in a position of judgment that causes me to be judged. And I don't like the fact that I, this is something that I started addressing. It's like, I, I do not like the fact that I find it so easy to find fault with other people as though I'm all right. So there's an area for me that I could I could say, and that one has is something that I have really been cutting off. So it's 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 lessened considerably. Now anytime an incident shows up, then I'm quicker to eliminate that within myself. Because it's like, no, that I've already said that is not a part of who I am. This is where repentance really starts to work in us. And we say, mm-mm. God doesn't think this way. God doesn't talk this way. And every time I do, I'm not speaking for God. And I refuse to speak for the devil anymore. And so those are the words. Those are the, the things, the staying power that starts to work with you. So I would also answer the question, because there's, there's more than one facet to your question. How do they know? Or, or um, how do we know? And how do others see it? This is another facet to it, is the fact that I work to make sure that the kingdom has preeminence on the inside of me. Again, it's not an outward show for others, but this is an inward decision-making process that it's like, no, the things that I have said, the things that I have done, the ways that I have been, these that, that have, offend, have offended people because I'm being offensive, not because I'm speaking the word. The word of God offends, but most of the time when people are offended with us, it's not over the word, it's us. I have never needed the Bible to be offensive. All I had to do is breathe. Maybe, maybe it's different for you, your story, but I, I, I've got enough press. People in all the reports and the, the complaints and the commentaries and the things about me, the negatives to the place. In, in some cases, you could just, you know, you just can't do right. Because the expectation, remember I mentioned some, uh, earlier about somebody said, I'll be there on Friday. It's like you never show up on Friday, so you won't, and you're lying. So if they start showing up, it would, you have to, you know, you give them the grace to say, okay, I'm going to stop calling you a liar. But you've lied so much. I, you, this is not the truth. Do you understand? So what does that do? It closes the gap, and it, or it closes it closes the, the opportunity for the individual to change. What happened to seventy times seven? Uh, we got past it. <laughs> I don't even know how much it adds up to. So. <laughs>
you know, with me, it was more like that was number 10. That was 10's enough. You know, you're just a liar. You're a liar. You see what I'm saying? And so by me labeling, judging them that way, I just put something on them. I've accused them. Are they guilty? Absolutely. Will I, ref but, but I've, my, by way of my expression, I have also said, and I refuse to ever believe a thing you say about this, and anything else that they say to me from that point on is it's a little suspicious to me. You know, uh, what's that word? Very questionable. <laughs> you know, well, didn't they say it? Yes, they did. And when they do something and follow through, it's like, huh, well, that was a surprise. <laughs> Can you see what I'm saying? Not being that person. They're shocked when I show up, shocked when I do this, because of it was such a liar. I wasn't listening to what I said. You understand? So that decision, no, I will not speak for lies are of, of Satan, so I won't speak for him anymore. I'm going to have to speak the truth. No excuses. And that begins to build what? The platform for the kingdom. Can you see what, I'm, what, what, what we're talking about? This is, yes. you hear, we hear this every week. This is biblical solutions for one. That um, we make this decision internally to be what God said instead of what the devil says. God's word is eternal. And people will see that because your degree of integrity increases. And when your integrity, my integrity, as that increases, uh, obedience, oh, disobedience was my real big thing and compromise. And I'm, I've talked about that. Well, when I discovered, when, when that realization hit me, ooh, this is not okay. And it became absolutely detestable to me. So now it's like there, there every once in a while there's a little thing that crops up and you go, whoa, wait a minute, you know, this is how it starts so where is my shovel or my sword or whatever it is because we're going to get this up because it wants to grow a new crop a different workplace or something but it's like no i said that i won't do this i you know i, I found this even recently and my mom caught me on something and it's like you know i didn't even see it but you're right that's what that is you see because now we don't make excuses for it no that's that's what that is that has to die it has to absolutely die. It doesn't get to stay. And your reputation in the spirit, being a person with no reputation, but in the spirit, our authority increases in those areas. And we, because we have rule over our own flesh. And as we do, I'm changing the way I think about what is okay for me to do and what is not okay. And that's the kingdom. And so people will see that. They'll say, wow, you used, I hear this from you all. Just from going to uh, sweat, you know, in the mornings and stuff or whatever it is. That there's, some, I don't know what you see. I heard something like that earlier today. I don't know what you see. I just know that within myself, I'm determined not to be one that you that stands up or sits on the in a table or stands uh, in a, in a uh, behind a uh, podium or something and says something and gives Satan grounds to whisper in your ear, she's a liar and you know it. When the word of God becomes our only barometer and the love that God has for every person becomes our motivation, 
what Paul said, and I think it's First Corinthians 9, if not it's 2 Corinthians. But at any rate, I will not preach to others the gospel and the things pertaining to it and then become a castaway. Or I like the way that um, the Amplified puts it. This is like one of my favorite uh, uh, scriptures, so I will get ready to end. First um, Corinthians nine twenty seven. He says um, in the Amplified, like a boxer, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it. Here it says for fear, but I understand we said least or that after proclaiming to others the gospel, things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. And that's something that stays with me. That's my determination, that I will not be one that blah, 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 to everybody else and then walk away with that ugly baboon rear. She's a hypocrite. She's a liar. And, and find that it resonates in the courts. So Paul said, I could die, I could, I, could, I could die, but it's better for you that I live. But if I'm going to live, I'm not just living to take up space, but to walk this thing out with such integrity and fervor and passion and, and a love for God and a love for you that it inspires you to do the same thing. That's what we're here to do. That, I think, may be one of the best answers for us, Diana, is that they'll, we'll know that the kingdom, that others see the kingdom at work in us because they strive to be like us, following us as we follow him. Okay? All right, I think we're done for the night. Those were great questions. I had more questions. I had a whole... Think of questions for you, but see that one question just set us off on the course, isn't it great? From the top of the thing. So, um, was that it? Anybody have anything else? Want to say something? You can say something. <laughs> it's fine, I don't mind. Frederick asked me, do I need help with anything? Well, I think I'm good for the moment. Do I, do I need help with something? If you feel like I need help with something, let me know. <laughs> oh, okay, because I may not know. Last round. Okay. Well, this worked, right? Okay. All right. So to those of you that have joined us on uh, media, Periscope, phones, Twitter, um, or you're on replay after this live event has ended, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, if you made comments, I, uh, I hope some one of the commentators was able to respond. But if not, thank you for your wonderful comments. And if you had something awful to say, well, we'll be praying for you. Um, as well, because if it hit a nerve and you're mad, I don't actually mind that. That's different from me being offensive just because of my personality. But the Word of God does offend. It offends the devil. 
And so we want to make sure that we're on the side where we don't get offended by what God says, but we recognize that Satan does, and we stop siding with him. Now, that was open to offense right there, wasn't it? It was probably a perfect time. <laughs> that was probably a perfect example right there. Were you saying that I'm offended by the devil? I'm saying that the devil is offended with me. You may be joining with him. And we don't back down from this, guys. Um, we don't give play or place to darkness. And darkness is offended by light. God is light, and in him is no darkness. This is what the Bible says, and we believe that. And so we do pray for you. We don't mock you. We don't make fun of you. But we encourage you. If you need help in getting uh, in breaking up with the devil, then go to www.astoundinglove.org and click on that button that says contact us and write your questions in or comments or whatever it is that's needed. Uh, and if we can help you, meaning that you really want to be helped, then we can help you because this word has everything that we need. Everything that we need, God's provided. He's already said it. And we have learned here. We have people in this ministry that will work with you and help to unlock. We unlock this word. And the message of the kingdom is always free. It always releases the captives. This is what Luke chapter 4 said. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to preach the gospel. He said to end oppression and to, to tell the sick and that you don't have to be sick to tell the blind. You don't have to be blind to tell the poor. You don't have to be poor anymore. To tell people who have been locked into the oppression of this world that there is a remedy called the kingdom of God. And that the kingdom of God triumphs over every work of darkness and every earthly thing. So that's the message of the kingdom that we leave with you. You can also, if you're in the San Jose area, you can join us on, at 945 on Sundays and also at 1145 at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code for your GPS is 95131. And again, there are a lot of people here that are... Uh, making have made the decision to walk in this and we take the hit of the truth so that so that it that the shackles just keep getting um, falling off of those areas of our mind and more and more we come into the reality of walking with the mind of Christ and I encourage you and invite you to be a part of that the other button on the website is the one that says donate we're about to receive times offerings and trades and things of that sort and you are also free to give into this work, whether it's live or it's later on during the week. And you can hit that donate button and it'll take you to a page that gives you the directions on what it is that you need. So I'm inviting you to join us on Sunday again at 9.45 a.m. where I have the honor of teaching Biblical Solutions for Life. And at 11.45 where our apostle Dr. Baker just knocks it out of the park every single time. And uh, so do that, and then we'll tell you on Sunday when you can meet us again on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So having said all that, let's go ahead and pray. We can bring things forward. And I want to pray for those while, while the time and offerings are coming, um, because these are the messages, because we seek the kingdom of God first. That is the, the whole creed of everything that we believe. It's because we seek the kingdom of God first. We walk in blessings. We walk in uh an abounding love. We're tithers. The windows of heaven are open. The blessing pours out unceasingly. Because we seek the kingdom of God first, we're generous sowers and generous receivers. We're furnished in abundance for every good work. 
We have prosperous souls. We're healthy and whole. In the name of Jesus, we receive new jobs, better jobs, new businesses, wealth-creating ideas, promotions, raises, bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates, and inheritances, in interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, cash in the hand, supernatural wealth transfers electronically or whatever, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, properties acquired, patents, and more than enough to give into every good work and charitable donation. We believe, we receive, we forgive, and so we speak, that we have our health, our wealth, buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, airplanes, and other modes of transportation. We have our equipment and provision. God put seed into our hands. We have seed to sow, seed to eat, seed to invest. We get to sow big, bigger and even bigger seed to expand, elevate, and occupy. Because we seek the kingdom of God first, we command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, we release you to go get and bring our abundant harvest to us right now in Jesus' name. We have what we say, and the people that are in this room can tell you why. Because we always see the kingdom of God first. And we invite you to do the same. So I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee, thanking you so much for joining us this week, and we'll see you on Sunday.